0: Welcome to Chinchilla Squeaks. Yes, I have finally changed the name. And anyone who has been watching along or watches later will know I did another interview 15 minutes ago. So that's why I had to change the name from The Weekly because it wasn't really making sense anymore. Um This is my third of this week. And actually I have um, a company that I've been kind of on the various press lists for some time and we've been intending to have... Some sort of conversation for some time, and we're finally here. So, Matt Yonkovit, yes, Yonkovit, yes, Yonkovit, yes. yes, from Pekona. But if I just switch the little titles over, we have a the Hoss. <laughs> Maybe before yes. we go any further, we should explain that. <laughs>
1: so, I am the head of open source strategy.
0: Ah, um, so
1: <laughs> the Hoss,
0: okay. right? So,
1: so. It, it, it fits better. And I actually have a hat because in the U.S., I don't know if you ever like. There's an old '60s TV show called Bonanza. Okay, it's it's like a western, and there's okay. a character on it named the Hoss, so it's so like like a cowboy thing, and so so I, so I actually have a hat Hoff, that I
0: can wear. The Hoss is all we know here, which is
1: yes. So I can wear the Hoss hat. I have a whole bunch of hats, but I can wear the Hoss hat, or I can wear just my regular hat.
0: This hat actually makes me this gets a little bit crossover, but I don't know if you're a board gamer at all.: Yes, yes, I am. There is a famous uh, board game YouTuber called Tom Oh God, I'm having a complete blank. <laughs> I actually listening to the podcast this afternoon. Tom from the Dice Tower, anyway, who wears a very similar hat, always on oh. camera. So okay. <laughs> Why am I having a complete blank? Anyway, so Pacona. Now, actually, one thing that even I misunderstood in the past about Pacoana is: is Pacoana is not a product per se, is it? No. Pacoana is a kind of provider of products. So let's let's explain what is Pacoana and why might someone need you. Okay. Well, it actually starts
1: back in the olden days of old open source, right? Yeah. So. Back when I was um, a youngin, uh, you know, I worked at MySQL AB uh, along with our CEO and our CTO. Uh, so we were all part of that MySQL family tree, if yep. you will. Yep. And what well. was funny was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peter, um, who is our CEO, um, actually had um, an experience that kind of drove him to start Percona. And that experience mm-hmm. was MySQL started to take outside funding. So when he got there, it was all about, you know, community and drive, you know, folks. And then it was like, OK, well, now we need to start chasing, you know, revenue streams and, you know, uh, shareholder value. And how do we have the big exit and all this other stuff? And so Peter um, didn't like some of the the things that were going on towards chasing that. And he wanted yep. to um sp- off a company that was really just focused on keeping open sources open and free as possible and keeping the other folks honest. So back then, um, you know, the, it was, hey, my MySQL can solve any problem. And if not, then we'll just figure it out later. And eh, it didn't sit really well, right? Because, you know, hey, yeah, oh, yeah, you can totally replace Oracle just out of the box. Now it doesn't work that way. Right. Um, and so he spun off Percona specifically, Around MySQL,
0: and was this, so was this you before know, just, Maria, Maria DB. This was about way before Maria. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. This was way before. Bu- this was in uh, 2006. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and so he um, spun it off just to focus on that, and it started off as consulting and services and helping people out and. Um, Peter had built a reputation for himself at MySQL mm-hmm. as the performance guru, and he started the MySQL performance blog, <laughs> that was probably the the the, the, the granddaddy yeah. of the the, the the MySQL blogs out there. And so we started that, and then as time went on, you know, the Sun bought MySQL, and Oracle bought you know Sun, and like you know all of these different things, uh, we started to do software. Um, by enhancing what was already out there in MySQL. And so we would take what was behind the paywall, if you will, or behind an enterprise contract and then put it in the open source space. And so we would say, oh, you want LDAP security, you want encryption, you want, you know, things at scale on more than four processors, Um, you know, we'll put those into patches. And uh, we actually worked with Facebook and Google and like, you know, several other companies in the ecosystem who also were doing similar work. And we built our first version of MySQL, an enhanced version of MySQL. And then over time, uh, we had a lot of people who uh, valued us for the MySQL side, said, hey, could you do Mongo? Could you do Postgres? Could you do Maria? And so we started to add in additional um, services and software around it as well. So now um, we, we do have our own distributions for MySQL, Postgres, Mongo. Um, you know, And we do have uh, tooling for all the major databases, including databases that we don't support.
0: And uh, so is this tooling still open source or is it a bit of a All mix open of open source? All open source, 100% open. Okay. So, we, we,
1: we, have, yeah. we, we really focus on keeping things open um, and making sure that there isn't any sort of lock-in. And so that's, that's been our core since the very beginning was, you know, keeping vendors honest and preventing people from getting locked in.
0: And so as far as I can tell, the, the main business behind Pekona is support, um high availability support um managed services uh consulting um what what the managed services um what what are you offering there is that in kind of competition with like cloud providers or is it something else ish i mean
1: you know i think that this is where it's interesting so um it's a very weird space right now in the tech space, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, <laughs> you get cloud providers, you I get asked the leading question providers, there on you purpose, get, yeah. <laughs> you get sort of open source providers. So we're in this weird space. Yeah. Um, and so we do um, managed service that is focused on, you know, on-prem, in the cloud, anywhere. I mean, we've got half of our customers run in AWS, right? Mm-hmm. So... It's not that there's like an either or, but the magic of marketing sometimes is um, you get a bit of a disingenuous experience with some cloud providers and some services, right? And I always point out, hey, you hear this messaging that it's fully managed. Mm -hmm. And if I say that I'm going to fully manage, you know, like the cleaning of your house or something, you expect something in your mind. And if I come in and all I do is vacuum It might not match your expectations, right? And so that's where um, I I think that, you know, we've still got a a pretty good business and we're partnered with all the cloud providers as well, um, where we're focused heavily on what we can um, provide value to the customers for. And if you don't need the stuff that we can provide or we're not up to to snuff, then we want you to have the capability to go out there and use different providers. Um, it's kind of a weird thing because for most people, when I talk from a business perspective and remember, I'm the, I'm the open source perspective, so yep. I can get to be a little weird. Um, it, I'm allowed, uh, but, uh, when you talk to some folks in the business, they're like, well, you let them leave. Like, how do you lock them in? How do you get them sticky? You know, the stickiness factor, if you will. Uh, it, it is something that, uh, you know, a lot of companies follow and, and, and try. In and my you-
0: mind, it feels somewhat comparable to something like, and this is based on possibly outdated knowledge of the company, something a bit like Bitnami in that you kind of, they, they kind of make these things easier to use, but they don't force you to kind of use their platform. And also yeah. they have a lot yeah. of providers. Bitnami has a lot of providers that people use in various places and things as well. Or used to. I don't know how much they used anymore, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Think of us as the experts, the experts call in quite a bit. You know, so, um, you know, we've got that expertise where, you know, a lot of companies, they've got their own DBA teams, their own SREs, their own, you know, development teams. But um, they're looking to build something that scales and makes sense for them. And they don't want to be stuck paying for enterprise features. You know, I just did a uh, – I have my own podcast the Haas talks FOSS, FOSS free and you know, open source software, right? So, so it just rhymes, right? It, it, it rhymes. So I've been having quite a few different people in the open source space come on, and it's interesting to hear the different business models
0: yeah. that yeah. different yeah.
1: people are employing in yeah. the open source space yeah. and how they're seeing the cloud impact them and how um, there there's some, you know, back and forth there. Now, I mean, the, the big recent news in this space mm. has been – uh, like Elastic and then yep. AWS forking Elastic. Yep. And then you've got like this war of words back and, and forth. And
0: Mongo and then a whole bunch of oh, uh, oh yeah, and yeah. Grafana. And yeah. there's been a whole bunch of them recently. So Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: I, I, yeah. And all of them are kind of competing in the same space. Yeah. And um, where we like to play is in that space where we can say, yeah, for your use case, you should use A over B. Um, we want that independent voice and to be that valued, you know, trusted person. Who, like I said, how we keep ourselves honest is we don't lock you in. And if you use our software, you don't have to pay us. And if you don't pay us, you don't have to rip it out. Yeah. But if you use Mongo Enterprise or now the new Elastic stuff or you know some of the cloud provider stuff like Aurora, as soon as you stop paying them, guess what? It goes away.
0: And. So actually, I just want to dig into some of the other things you do and kind of the, the topic of this, which is the, I guess the future, because in some respects we could think of MySQL, Mongo, Postgres, relatively mature and old. Um, old sounds more negative than mature. I don't know. but um, so you also add <laughs> you also add on uh, monitoring and management, which is something that especially in where we'll get to in a minute. And the kind of the ways that a lot of people are now deploying databases and services um, has become much more important than it possibly even was in the past. So, is that a reasonably new feature or service product, whatever no, you want to call it? Or is I mean, so, so
1: so our monitoring management, we've had various versions over the years. Um, in fact, a lot of our original stuff was based on shell scripts or Perl scripts yep. way back in the day. Um, you know. Uh, we, we have what's called the Percona Toolkit, which still exists. Yeah. And it's kind yeah. of like the Swiss Army knife of
0: tools for DBAs. Yeah. And, I feel like and, I know, might have used stuff. it in the past when I was doing no, more see, with my yeah. <laughs> um,
1: It used to be called Matt Kit way back in the day. Not Matt as in me, Matt, but, you know. you know. <laughs> uh, But uh, so we, we, we've been doing that for a while. But we are in a very different space now. Um, and you're right. Um, you know, these are old things. And I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say it. I'll be blunt. Databases are not cool. Okay. Well, they're not, they're not cool. They're not cool. They're
0: they not are cool. periodically. I think that they were cool a few years ago when everyone, everyone was making no databases, and then it kind of calmed down a bit. So. Even then they weren't cool. I have known many, many developers, and
1: over the years, I can tell you that anybody who's developing code. Dreads the database. They really do. They don't like it. Uh, there might be the five percent of those out there who do, and I shouldn't say everybody. I shouldn't make that generalization. So let's just say ninety-five percent of the people out there who are developing code don't really want to think about the database. Yeah. And this is where the NoSQL databases have like thrived so much.
0: Yeah, because yeah.
1: they come out and they go, "We're schemaless. Yeah, you you don't need to know anything about the database." It's just going to take care of itself. Well, that only took you so far. And then you have this <laughs> yeah. database as a service. And then they're like, yeah. oh, well, not only do you not have to worry about your code or the database design, now you can just let us run everything for you behind the scenes. Yep. But it's actually kind of a little bit of a trap because, you know, how you scale those applications is by taking a credit card. <laughs> Yeah. And just go bigger, 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 and and that's, that's a really good model for providers.
0: That's it's cloud real bad service for business companies. model, basically. Don't yeah. worry about yeah. performance; just spend more money. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's where you know
1: we've seen this kind of evolution, and the the entire IT infrastructure and IT like philosophy in companies has shifted. Mm. Okay, now when when I started off, I was a I was an Oracle DBA back in the day you were an Oracle shop. You eventually might be an Oracle SQL server shop or an Oracle DB2. Like you might have two, maybe three, yep. but it was like you're primarily going to be a fill-in-the-blank shop. And then you kind of followed that tool set. You followed the ecosystem. You hired people. You, you know, your are Oracle or you you know, .NET and SQL server or your fill fill-in-the-blank. Now we flip this on its head where, that decision isn't being made anymore. And the decision that we're seeing is you need to move fast. Mm. You need to be agile. You can't, you know, like pigeonhole people into a specific tech set. Um, You need to enable them to move as fast as possible so they can out innovate your competition. And that means developers have the power now. And so from a developer perspective, you've got a lot of developers who are like, I'm more comfortable in, you know, go and Mongo. And then you have another team that's more comfortable in Python and Postgres. And then you have another team that's more comfortable in PHP and MySQL. Yep. And so now you've got these giant companies who have five Mongo, you know, Mongo-based applications, five MySQL-based yep. applications, five Postgres-based applications, and of course because we're all on the cloud native bandwagon right now and microservices. You're giving Um, me a nice uh,
0: lead to my next question here, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Everyone wants their own database. Everyone wants their own little instance. And so now we've got not only dozens of different technology pieces within a company's ecosystem that they all have to support and worry about, but now we've got hundreds, if not thousands, of individual databases that need to be managed and taken care of, and so you've seen this uh, proliferation. Yeah, I always get that word wrong. <laughs> you know, of databases in 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 IT systems, um, with, you know, or, or architectures or infrastructures where you know you've got many many databases, many many technologies, and you know the teams that are there to support them they get smaller and smaller.
0: Mm-hmm. They get offset <laughs> elsewhere. but So one of the other things I saw in your product list, which uh, we were leading into a bit there, was you know traditional quote-unquote databases like MySQL and Postgres and Mongo to a certain extent a few years ago were problematic or challenging to implement in cloud-native Kubernetes-type setups with containers and things like that. That's sort of largely better now. Um, but I do notice another thing you offer here is uh, kubernetes operators and there's quite a few companies who have uh, appeared recently kind of in this space trying to make these traditional quote unquote again databases work better uh, and more optimized in um, kubernetes style environments so what's some of what's been some of your learnings on on creating the operators and and the approach to them
1: well, the cloud native space for databases is a pain in the rear. Mm. <laughs> it really is. It has been. It's been a challenge because most of these databases, especially the older school, yep. were never designed for this type of application. Right? Um, they were never designed for mass scale out. They're 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 stateful applications in a in a stateless infrastructure.
0: Yep. It's yeah. kind
1: of a weird like setup, yeah. and so. You know, there's been a ton of work over the last, you know, uh, several years to help alleviate that. Um, and this is where you've seen quite a few of the uh, database companies that are out there um, really work on their infrastructure and their their new products that are designed for this level of, you know, scalability and availability. Right. Um, when you look at, you um, Any database that's probably been built or has really taken off in the last, you know, three, four years, it's got the capabilities to do that um, massive scale out Mm. baked in. You know, whether it's CockroachDB or Yugabyte, even Mongo has, you know, that, you know, Cassandra, those types of um, systems, they're really built for that. When you start to run into a lot of problems it's when you try and retrofit the mysqls the postgres the older databases Mm. that never had the clustering capabilities and there are tools and there are things that do make those i have interviewed a
0: couple on the show i can't remember off the top of my head but at this point in the video i will make sure there's a little recommended videos to go and watch because i know i've interviewed some of those others as well yeah yeah i mean and,
1: and i and i have as well like you know uh uh, Patrick McFadden from, uh, data stacks. Right. And so, you know, he yeah. was talking about, um, you know, his role in, um, you know, at data stacks is, you know, helping, you know, kind of bridge the gap between developer DBA and things, but, uh, they're doing a lot of work on the cloud native front, but Cassandra is built and is positioned well for that. Um, you know, the, the folks over at Yugabyte. um, yeah. You know, which ironically, the CTO at Yugabyte actually was on the team that wrote Cassandra, Uh, and so so no surprise that they actually like you know built it so it does have the scalability, and they're they're a cloud first, cloud native first type of database setup. Same thing with Cockroach. Um, You know, and Cockroach and Yugabyte are both you know really heavily reliant on Google Spanner type implementations. So you've got these. you know, new school databases designed for this, but then you've got the older school databases that are being retrofitted. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of the work that we've done is, you know, within MySQL we use uh, Percona XtraDB Cluster, which is based on Galera. Um, but we've also worked with uh, Group Replication, which is yeah. MySQL's yeah. new clustering yeah. technology yeah. that came out in the last five years. Okay, there's there's a lot of these advances that are happening. But then you have to kind of go in and figure out how to make this work. And there is a lot of engineering effort to kind of get these into that cloud-native space.
0: Okay. Now let's talk a little about, for some bizarre reason, I mean, time is a bit squishy at the moment. I, for some reason, thought it already happened and realized, no, it was perfectly timed and it hasn't happened yet. Uh, In just under a week, you have Pacona Live online. Yes. Um, I think I was supposed to attend the last one in 2019 and then didn't and then wished I had because it was actually in person but anyway <laughs> this is, yeah it's um, yes, the last in person conference yeah. probably for yeah you know. so um what what's the what's the the plan there like what what who do you get together what are the topics you discuss what's the what's so, the
1: so so we've we we had to pivot you know when after mm. pandemic hit right so we went online and um, we tried a couple of things. So we did a 24 hour straight conference. I think I saw that one last
0: year. Yeah. yeah. Bits of it. I think. I a um, so we tried that.
1: It. So single track 24 hours. Um, we actually got about, uh, I mean, it was several thousand people, um, which was kind of cool around the clock, you know, around the world. Um, and so we did that again for the second one. We upped it a little bit. I think we went 28 hours. Mm. Uh, but this time we're like, okay, we're going to go back to more of a traditional yeah. track style. Um, uh, conference because one of the things we heard was you know what, there, there's a lot of people who they want just stuff on analytics or yeah. they're yeah. very focused on Postgres and they don't really care about MySQL so having a single track doesn't work for well for them so we went like the exact opposite of a single track which was like let's just put as many awesome things as we can in one like space and so we've got um somewhere over 200 tracks and it's or not tracks. Uh,
0: 200, yeah, 200 speakers, yeah. I guess. Yeah, 200 tracks yeah, exactly. be with one yeah, speaker, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. a funny way to say. Sorry, of sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um <laughs> So <laughs> we, we did two things. Um, we we have kind of like our core, you know, tracks that we normally have. So MySQL and Postgres, yeah. and we've mm-hmm. got like, you know, like the, those topics that would normally be in our wheelhouse. But then we went out and got community rooms. And so what we did was we reached out to people in the community space and we said, hey, you have a really interesting project, something that, we think that your audience would benefit from our stuff. Our audience would benefit from your stuff. Yep. Come in and run a mini conference yeah. within the conference. Yeah. So uh, AWS, for instance, they're coming uh, and they're doing an entire track just
0: on open search, which I is- I can actually Elastic see uh, another one, the company I was trying to think of that I interviewed, I can actually see on the list now, Vitesse.
1: So, oh, yeah. Yep. So yeah, yep. planet scale, um, you know, they're going to be at the conference as well. Um So we've we've got these 200 different speakers sessions from all over the world, all walks of life. Um, We've got these community rooms. There's a community room specifically on data on Kubernetes, which there's a data on Kubernetes um, uh, community. Uh, And so we went to the head of that community and said, hey, do you want a track? And he said, yes. Mm -hmm. And so he's brought in companies that want to talk about running databases on Kubernetes. And he built a mini track just specifically on that. Um, but we've got not only those community rooms, we've also got, you know, war stories, we've got companies speaking, we've got, you know, it, it's truly a global ecosystem. And we touch on almost everything database related, whether it's from a development perspective, from a infrastructure perspective, from building databases. I mean, we've got talks on building cost-based optimizers. Um, so it, it's a little bit of everything. Okay.
0: And that is free? Except you're it starting
1: is 100% at free. Yes, it seems confusing,
0: but it Six, is free. Well, unfortunately, convincing people to pay for online events is still slightly challenging. But um, anyway, hopefully we won't have to do it for much longer. So. <laughs> um, 6 a.m. Eastern Time. So that's not too bad for Europe, actually. You can get at least half of it, I think. Um, yes, and the not, good thing is, not great for West Coast, the, but yeah, they're always. Well,
1: okay. the, so what we did was, <laughs> we did this on purpose. So what we did was 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Okay. And that way we can cover, you know, Europe. And we tried to space out the topics in a way that everyone could see something. But we're also committed to have these all on YouTube
0: for uh, okay. free yep,
1: yep, yep, yep. after the conference. Yep, yep. So if there is something that's like, oh, it's kind of late or it's not in my time zone, you're going to have access to it.
0: Okay. Brilliant. And so that aside, like, what's next on the the roadmap, the product map for Pacona, the company? What's what's next? So you know how I said we
1: like to call out and keep other vendors honest, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's part of our core. And right now, you know, that is in the database as a service space, right? Mm. Because it used to be. You know, oh, well, we're going to give you this enterprise software that is pretending to be open source. We've sold it to you. Now it's there. Oh, you don't want to pay us anymore. Guess what? You have to change everything about your infrastructure. That yep. was not cool. So we, we 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 offered an alternative to that now what we're seeing is people going into the database as a service base. They get into an environment. They realize that open source compatible isn't necessarily the same thing as it's open source. Yep. And so if they decide to move from, let's say, AWS to Google, sometimes their data <laughs> doesn't or the databases don't work the same because Aurora, RDS, they've got changes. Yeah. Right. And they're not necessarily going to be compatible with the changes that Google made. And so there, there's there's these nuances there. And so what we're doing is in our monetary management tool adding in the capabilities to manage databases and, you know, spin them up in Kubernetes environments so you can run your own database as a service. You know, I mentioned the companies that are out there, they've got, you know, hundreds of uh, or thousands of different databases that they need to run and they've got these dozens of different technologies they're trying to support. So if we can provide them with a open source way to easily add those databases and give their internal customers or their development teams, a database as a service um, without that lock-in, that's
0: a win. Okay. Cool. Um, all right. So that's the main, I guess, the main thing's happening. Um, Pacona.com for the company. I guess we should get a, a plug for the Floss, Hoss, Hoss on Floss, Floss on Hoss podcast as well. Oh, the Hoss Floss podcast is there a particular place to find now if people just look for it wherever they anywhere there's podcasts we do have video so if
1: you want to watch us if you want to see me in the hats you can see me on youtube um but yeah yeah if you don't want to see the hats you know like you know like itunes google uh you know podcasts um spotify everywhere podcasts are I am number one in Tunisia in the technology space. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew that. I, I know you might be a little jealous, Chris, but number one in Tunisia, number two in
0: Madagascar. Interesting. Look, look 12, <laughs> um and so actually I mean I should ask, like if you've been doing this show and things, like what's what's your what's your floss journey then, like prior to Percona? What's mine? Yeah. Like what did I do before Percona? I work at MySQL, mm. right? So ah, okay, been, okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've been in the open source space for fifteen years.
0: Okay, and was there anything in between those those two? So or it I I,
1: from- I went MySQL. Um, I went uh, Percona. I left for a short amount of time to went to go to Mattermost. I don't know if you know Mattermost.
0: Oh, yep. yep, yep, yep.
1: And so went there for a little while, and then came back to Percona. Okay, and um, so and then f- before that, I was like old school enterprisey DBA guy like leave me alone I'm in the corner trying to back up databases and stuff like that so
0: so what I mean on on, on your on your show like what what interests you most in in floss that you like to talk about there so
1: I love open source in fact part of my passion has always been the open source community and the space I got hooked early on. Right. Um, you know, I was, like I said, I was the old school enterprise DBA dude. And so um, when I got to MySQL, it was such a different environment. When you work mm. for an open source company, it's so open, it's scary. It really is. It frightens you because of the stuff you see. You're like, you can't get away with that. How, how can they get away with that? How can they call like the CEO evil and, you know, tell them, you know, like all these negative things in public. And it's like, Oh my God, that's crazy. And so um, we went ahead and uh, you know, it just kind of resonated with me and I contributed code. I did all kinds of different things. Um, but I'm passionate about that space and I'm also passionate about databases. And so yeah. I like, and I like to talk to people. I don't know if you caught that. I like to talk. You know, it's one of those things, uh, but I like to talk to people, so I just kind of combined it all into one. And so, with with the the podcast, um, I'm able to talk to people who you might not necessarily hear from, but are behind the scenes. Like I mentioned, the CTO of Yugabyte. Um, you know, I had I had known of him, I had not talked to him. And then it's like you talk to him and you're like, oh, well, tell me how Cassandra was built. How did it come about at Facebook? And then he's like, oh, well, let me tell you. And he tells you this story. And it's like, well, that's a great story. It needs to get out there. People need to understand it. You know, I had the CEO of uh, ScyllaDB who uh, wrote one of the original uh, KVMs for, um, uh, you know, hypervisors for uh, um, VMs, you know. And so, you know, well, that's an interesting story. You know, tell me your arc. Mm. Um, Then I get to talk to people at Percona who might not normally, you know, get uh, to to kind of talk publicly about some of the things they're working on. But I started as that consultant. So my job was to parachute into places and fix their databases, fix their open source, you know, setups. There's so many good stories. Mm. I could I could sit here for hours and just tell you stories upon story upon story about good design, bad design weird companies. I actually worked for a vampire dating website for a week to help fix their vampire dating website, um, you know, which was fun.
0: Um, vampires use computers, and, obviously, so that's okay. <laughs> well, yes, yes, yes. So,
1: so you know, I, I've done that. You know, I've worked for, you know, companies who have had insanely crazy business models. Yeah. Um, some have worked, some haven't. I've seen the rise and fall of companies based on one bad decision. So, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of Interesting things that I know about because I've experienced. I want to know what other people
0: have yeah, experienced. Yeah, I want yeah. those stories. I like to collect stories. And so final question. We kind of conveniently titled this the future of data. Like what in your mind is the future of data then? Well broad question, I know, but
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so so, you know, hey, I, I could I could use the marketing sling that everybody uses data is the new gold, you know, uh, let's be honest. We are never going to reduce the amount of data we need. And our applications are always going to look for more and more. Mm. So you are going to have to deal with larger amounts of data, more data points, more places that they are. And that's going to breed an entirely new set of challenges for all of us. Right. Think about like, you know, (laughs) the past 10 years, and the number of breaches and hacks and everything else that happened. Now imagine if you had a hundred times the systems you know, mm-hmm. run by people with half the skill set that exists today because they've outsourced everything and they don't know how to operate it. It's a recipe that could be quite disastrous or rocky if we're not careful. And so that's where it's going to require a lot of work, not only from the vendors who are building these systems, but from those who are offering services um, to make sure that they're stepping up and realizing that by offering these, these quote unquote, you know, fully managed services, by offering these tools, um, they need to at least meet the minimum expectations Um Uh, for those security and those um, compliance type issues as well. So I think there's a lot of interesting space we're going into. We're going to have more, 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 and more, and we're going to have to figure out how to deal with it.
0: Well, find some of those conversations at Pocona Live on the 12th and 13th of May. So just under a week away Um, and Pocona.com. And Matt, thanks very much for your time. All right. Thank you, Chris.